Hey, welcome back to Revolutionary Health. We are live here on Facebook. I'm your host, Michael Ward. I will be having a very special guest, Dr. Q, joining me with this chat about prep. But first, I want to say, make sure that you have liked our page as well. Make sure that you subscribe to our youtube.com forward slash CNP TV. I'm so very excited that you all are here tonight for this exciting conversation. So let's welcome Dr. Q and bring him on in so we can start our chat here about prep. How are you? Good evening. I'm, I'm present. It's been a long day. <laughs> long day for you? Yeah. Started at 4 a.m. I understand why well, I will not hold you very long uh, here because I know a lot of people um, want to be able to see Fresh Prince, I believe, comes on tonight at 8. Oh, so <laughs> that is very exciting, a very monumental moment here. But let's jump right into it for the people that may not know what prep is, but are just joining us and are very interested to find out. We want to start from the basics. So what is prep? All right. So prep is what I like to say, a comprehensive plan for HIV prevention. Essentially, it's a relationship between you and your healthcare provider about what you can do to decrease your risk of acquiring HIV. So that includes a prescription for a pill that you take every day and then regular routine screenings for HIV and other sexually transmitted infections or sexually transmitted diseases like syphilis, gonorrhea, and chlamydia. And it's just an ongoing process in which we evaluate your risk for HIV and help you to uh, stay HIV negative. Which is what we want for the people out here to definitely stay HIV negative. And I know as well that we're live. I forgot to say that you can drop questions in. We'll try to get to as many as we can here live on the show uh, because I've got a lot of questions that you all have already sent in to me that I'm so very excited for us to get into. Um, but one of the main questions that everyone has asked me when we're doing this show is about side effects. Um, and one of the great things that CMP has done, as I said earlier with YouTube.com, is we did a show called Prep Life on YouTube, which you can check out. Um, I believe the link is below in the chat. But we just want to play a little clip um, about uh, one of our uh, participants with the side effects about PrEP. And we'll be right back with you all. Sadly, I did. I was one of the people that dealt with side effects. And, then, um, and almost immediately, my doctors didn't know what was going on. So I stayed on PrEP for a year until finally going to a, a local clinic that dealt with our own LGBTQ plus people, I realized what the hell the deal was and went back to my medical records and realized the issues I was having going forward was from, it started with when I started getting using PrEP, so I wound up having to go off of it. So, mixed bag. <laughs> Thank you so much as well for sharing your story with us if you're tuned in live. But as we saw in the clip that there are uh, people who do experience side effects. So um, do you know any common side effects or have you heard people that um, come in with a lot? What's been your experience with patients? So I kind of separate side effects into those common side effects that you can see with any medication because if, especially if you've never taken medicine before, you're introducing a new chemical into your body so your body is going to react in the way. And I usually kind of classify that as my little mnemonic, your hand syndrome. You get headache, abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, and sometimes diarrhea. 
that can happen with any medication. And it's commonly it happens with the medications that we use for prep. Um, the other thing that I look at are drug specific side effects. So the current medications that are on the market for PrEP right now is Truvada and Descovy. And the things that we look for specifically more so with the first generation, as I like to call it, Truvada, before the second generation Descovy, which is kind of the new and improved form, is that we really pay attention to liver and kidney function. We do know that one of the most common side effects that can occur with Truvada is a decrease in your kidney function. And that's related to how the medication is broken down in your body. And also how the medication is processed can cause potential problems in your liver. You don't see the kidney problem as much with the newer um, drug for prep, Descovy, but it's still a potential. And even outside of liver and kidney problems, where you have a little bit of a decrease in your kidney function, there are very specific highly uncommon but possible side effects were things that we call severe kidney disease, not necessarily requiring dialysis, but you can have really um, significant kidney dysfunction. You can develop a particular form of anemia that has this fancy name called Fanconi. You won't get into any of kind of the specifics about that, but if you're being followed by a prep literate physician, there are things that you can notice if that happens, you know, early on. You know, one of the things that people rarely do is look at urine. A lot of times, if you see protein or sugar in someone's urine that they never had that before, or on your first evaluation, you see that that could be a sign of a much more significant side effect that you don't necessarily commonly see. So there are the common side effects, there are the drug-specific side effects. And then there's those really highly unusual, unique side effects that affect a small proportion of people. So a lot of times when you talk about side effects, people always look at worst case scenario. And it's like, oh my God, that's going to happen to me. In my 10 years of prescribing Truvada for both HIV treatment and prevention, I have only seen two cases of really severe side effects from Truvada. Um, I have seen a, a kind of a hodgepodge in the middle, but it varies from, you know, dizziness, headaches, some people develop a skin rash, there a whole host of things that could potentially happen. Awesome. So one of the things, too, that somebody said that they knew that we were going to talk about, um, because they were like, I don't like taking pills, I don't want to have to take a pill every day, I may forget to take a pill, is about injectable prep. So I know as well we wanted to update the people on what's coming next, what can we look forward to in the future um, with prep. Tell us a little bit about injectable prep, what's going on. So injectable prep, I think, is going to be, I don't want to necessarily call it a game changer because on the provider or the medical healthcare side, insurance companies always get in the way. But if you just talk about medication and how it works, injectable prep is going to be amazing. Um, so there were two prevention studies, I call them twin studies, HPTN-083 and HPTN-084. One looked at um, injectable prep for men who have sex with men and transgendered women. The other looked at injectable prep for women. The study looking at men who have sex with men and transgender women started enrolling earlier, so they had results earlier. So um, early this summer and into the fall at the big medical conferences, 
the preliminary data that came out actually showed that injectable prep was what we don't too often see in medicine is actually superior to daily pill. So looking at the actual data, an injection is actually better than taking a pill every day. And the same thing panned out within the last week with uh, injectable prep in women. So the kind of the process behind injectable prep is, is a new medication that has not been approved for either treatment or prevention yet. You have a lead-in period where you, you're actually taking the pill every day because we want to make sure that if you're going to have any potential side effects, we can catch it early. Because once you put in a long-acting injection, that medicine is in your body and we can't take it out. So we want to make sure um, up front that if you're going to have a reaction, we'll, we'll see that with the oral medication. And then it literally is an injection every two months. And it's been shown to be better than a daily pill for HIV prevention. Um, I do have my own personal caveats on it, just because of knowing how medicine works. Mm -hmm. There's no telling what the FDA will do, but this particular medication has also been looked at for HIV treatment. So for me, I find it unlikely that we will approve a medication for prevention when it hasn't been approved for treatment yet. So injectable prep may be a little bit further down the line, or the FDA can completely surprise us and say, you know what, this data looks really good for prevention, go ahead and approve it for prevention, and then treatment comes down a little bit later. We'll just have to watch and see, but I think that's very exciting, especially, um, thank you for the question that was asked um, for the person who may not you know, be able to adhere to their medicine. What about generic prep? So generic prep is an interesting um, concept. So there are a bunch of generic medicines out there anyway. And essentially with generic medicine, the brand name or the pharmaceutical company gives a license to another company to make their medication with the same process, the same formula, but they can just make it cheaper when they essentially lose the patent or the patent expires. So that's what happened with Truvada. The pharmaceutical company that had the patent on Truvada, that patent expired in September of 2020. And that pharmaceutical company gave a license to another company to say, hey, you can make a generic version, which essentially for most people, generic equals cheaper version of the medication. And you can put that on the market. So the generic was supposed to be available in pharmacies October 1st. It took a little bit longer to actually get to market. And, but with generics, they're exactly the same medication. The same thing when you look at brand names for blood pressure medicine, you know, Tylenol is the brand name for acetaminophen. So, you know, we all just call it Tylenol, but Tylenol is the brand name, but the active component is the same. So right now there are multiple options for HIV prevention on the market. Brand name Truvada is still available. Um, generic Truvada, which is, you know, we can give you the big long name, but it's Mtricitabine, Tenofovir, Diisoproxyl Fumarate, but just don't work. Generic. Exactly, <laughs> generic. And then there's Disobi, which is the updated or the improved form of Truvada. So there are actually are three, essentially three products on the market for HIV prevention right now. 
Awesome. So y'all have options out there as well um, with, with it. Um, so another question that we have is, can people choose whether they want the brand name or the generic? Because some people may want that Tylenol and not the acetaminophen. So, so it's a difficult question because that option you would think would be up to the patient, but a lot of that actually lies within the insurance company and the what we call the pharmacy manager. So because there really isn't any difference between brand and generic other than cost, um, pharmaceutical companies will always lean towards generic and generic will actually cost you less out of pocket as well. So it just depends. If a person wants the brand name, it is available, but you may end up having to pay more for it. So it's kind of, you know, for me as a healthcare provider, I think our job is to really, you know, counsel the patient to let them know that the generic is just as good and just as safe as the brand name. But some people really just prefer a brand name. And you just kind of have to be honest with them. It's like, you may have to pay for it yourself. Get it. Thank you so much for all of these incredible questions. Again, I am here with Dr. Q. We're talking all things prep, prep updates. So ask us the things we'll ask him. <laughs> I can ask him for you what you would like to know about prep. This is the perfect opportunity to get these questions answered. Um, another great question um, that we have as well is, um, as you said, there's a lead-in period with the injectable, but how effective um, is PrEP when it comes to um, protecting yourself from HIV? And how long do you have before? Uh, how long do you have to take it before it becomes effective? So the medications that are on the market for HIV prevention and PrEP are more than 95% effective if you take it every day. So I always put that caveat in there. You know, taking it when you remember to take it or taking it every other day or taking it once a week is not going to work. But if you take it every day as prescribed, it is over 95% effective in decreasing your risk of acquiring HIV. And that's for any of the forms that we have right now in terms of Truvada, generic Truvada and Descovy. Um, the, we always get that question about how long do you have to take it before you have enough of it in your body that you are you know, protected or your risk for getting HIV is decreased. It again, varies from person to person in terms of how your body breaks down medication. But as a general rule for most people is that you have to have taken at least seven consecutive doses or you've been on it for at least a week before we can say that you have enough of it in your body that your risk of getting HIV from sex has been decreased. So seven doses consecutively is the key. Every day, taking it every, every day. day. That, that is the, the key here. And any known cases where it didn't work? Um, so it's, that's kind of a loaded question. You know, have there been cases of HIV acquisition with someone who was taking PrEP every day as prescribed? There have been cases described in the literature I think I've only really heard about three cases. And then those cases also had a lot of other extenuating circumstances. Like one particular case was um, a person who had gone on an extended um, meth-induced sexual binge where he had condomous intercourse with multiple partners over a three to four day period. And of those people that he had had sex with, 
um, the medication that we use for HIV prevention, the HIV that he got infected with was resistant to those medications. So that's one case that's been reported. Another case that's been reported actually occurred in Australia. Um, I believe in that particular case, um, that person was using what we haven't talked about yet, which is on-demand PrEP or intermittent PrEP, where you um, take medication, you know, you take two doses within 24 hours before you have sex, and then one additional dose each day after you have sex. So it's kind of remember the two one one rule for on demand or intermittent prep. It's not recommended officially by government officials, but a lot of health departments in the United States, a lot of other international HIV and HIV prevention organizations have kind of given um, credence to using prep on demand. So this particular case in Australia, this patient was using PrEP on demand, but didn't give any other details in terms of the number of sexual partners he had, you know, did he, was the HIV status of his sexual partners, you know, known and things like that. I personally, in what, PrEP's been available since 2012, so we're about eight years in, mm -hmm. I have not seen anyone in my practice that has been taking PrEP consistently and as the way that it's been prescribed. Um, come up with HIV. Most of the people who end up with HIV who were previously on PrEP either were not taking it as prescribed or they stopped at some point and didn't tell their health healthcare provider that they had stopped. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a very interesting topic because I believe we had a question about that too. Of, uh, what if you might have been exposed to HIV? What are the other options to consider if you were not on PrEP? But as you just said that there's on-demand PrEP, I just want to check, are there any other options? Or... So we need to kind of set that that dividing line. PrEP is pre-exposure prophylaxis. So pre-exposure before you are exposed. So PrEP only works before you are exposed to HIV. And that includes on-demand PrEP is PrEP before exposure. There is a concept that we call PEP, P-E-P, -E which is post-exposure prophylaxis. So that's trying to decrease your risk of HIV after an exposure. The key with PEP or post-exposure prophylaxis is that you should start within 72 hours of your condomless sexual encounter. And I would say, unfortunately, a lot of healthcare institutions don't necessarily take full advantage of that. I think you know, with PrEP being available, we've talked a lot more about PEP as well, which is a, a good thing. But PEP has been around much longer than PrEP. But, you know, the perfect scenario is someone who engaged in, you know, a, a potentially uh, a potential exposure of HIV through whatever act, whether it was sexual intercourse, you know, sexual assault, and it occurred on a Friday night. And then you have, you know, 24 hours is Saturday, mm -hmm. 48 is Sunday, and a lot of healthcare facilities aren't open. So this is, is kind of that conversation, at least for me as an HIV provider and as an HIV prevention provider, is that urgent cares and emergency rooms need to be aware of post-exposure prophylaxis and the importance of getting that full dose to someone within 72 hours. But time and time again, I think you can you 
you've heard of situations where an exposure happened on the weekend, but you can't get to your doctor till Monday. And so you want to get that first dose as soon as possible. But PEP is for after an exposure and you take a full HIV treatment regimen for an entire month after your exposure. And of course, you get tested for HIV before you start as well. Awesome. I'm I'm very glad that we have options uh, for those that are asking. I felt like this question was very important and this may be something um, as well that a lot of people out there that are really asking about because um, I know for myself in particular, being a black gay man, I, I had to work up a lot of courage to talk to my doctor um, about the kind of sex that I enjoy, the kind of sex that I partake in, you know, what makes me feel good and how do I protect myself as best. So one of the questions someone asked is, you know, how do you build up that strength to talk openly and honestly with your doctor um, about those kind of things? And what if your doctor doesn't know, you know, that you're having sex with men, however you identify? Um, do you initiate that conversation with your provider? Or how do you kind of make your, you know, give your patients the strength to advocate for their own sexual health? It, it is, it's difficult, you know, being in, you know, that, that healthcare environment, um, I would say it's really, you know, you are kind of driving the boat in that situation. Yes, the physician is there, they have that knowledge base, but we can only act upon what you tell us. So if you don't share that information with us, we can't tell you what the, what the best route is to kind of decrease your risk of getting, you know, syphilis or gonorrhea or decreasing your risk of getting HIV. So it's, it's difficult to be empowered, but I think having you no know, conversations with your friends, having conversations with other people or other healthcare providers who aren't your, your direct healthcare provider um, is kind of the key to that. And again, I, I think I had this conversation with a friend of mine earlier this week. This is definitely more of a do as I say, not as I do, because I've always shared my personal experience as a healthcare provider doing what I do when I went to my healthcare provider and the question of STI screening and HIV testing came up. And from the healthcare provider's perspective, the question that was asked to me was, do you want, do you want to have an STI screen today? Do you want to have an HIV test today? That's how I was asked. And I was like, sure. Now, being the type of physician that I am, there are follow-up questions that should have occurred in that, that moment was, well, what type of sex do you have and what areas do we need to look at for STIs? I, as a healthcare provider, didn't push my physician to ask me those questions. So it is, you know, even as a healthcare provider, it is uncomfortable to do mm -hmm. that. But I think when you're talking about your, your sexual health and, and your own personal risk, you really do have to find that courage from someone, whether it's from a support group or from a friend to really kind of push that envelope. You may not do it at that first visit, but you can do it at the second or the third visit to start that conversation. You don't have to necessarily shock your healthcare provider if you've never met them before. Mm. Good, good advice. Try it out on a friend, say it out loud um, as well. I love it. Be empowered. I think that is the, the, the best, best thing as well that you can do. Ooh, we got a good question here. Mm. What about PrEP and other STIs, such as, you know, syphilis, gonorrhea, things? Does PrEP help with that? So PrEP does not. 
So that's a big no. If like if we had the big red circle with the little line through it, prep does not protect you against H um against syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, herpes, genital warts. Prep only protects you against HIV. So when we talk about the other STIs that are there are sexually transmitted infections, that's where you know the conversation about condom usage comes up. And you know, as we've said multiple times, are people using condoms? Yes. Are they using them as much as they were in the past? Probably not. But as a healthcare provider, I would say that conversation should occur. You don't, and there's a way of asking the question about condom usage without being, you know, judgmental or really saying, you know, or wagging your finger at someone. You know, if you understand that people are engaging in condomless intercourse, you recognize it. You acknowledge it, you, you affirm it for them because that is the type of sex that they prefer to have. You know, to take a line from another CMP tribe member, David Melbranch, condomless sex is natural sex. So, come on, you, you don't need to make it. You don't need to make it any more uncomfortable than it is. So, as a healthcare provider, you know, you ask if you are you using condoms sometimes not at all when I think about it, when they're available, just kind of give them the option of mm. having the conversation of using condoms when they feel it's appropriate for them. Come on, natural sex. <laughs> because I think a lot of, too, what I see is in, the, in my own conversations with people about PrEP that they're like, well, you know, what about other STIs? What are other things to consider? And one of the things, too, that I try to... Um, let them know is that, of course, before you get on PrEP, those things are also tested for, other STIs um, along in that process. Um, as far as now with COVID-19, I know a lot of people may not have access to doctors in person. There may be telehealth, uh, medicine, all of those kind of things. And one of the questions that um, I got here as well, is it safe to get PrEP by mail or PrEP online? Um, with those instead of maybe going to a traditional doctor and getting the testing in the office, is it safe for people to it, still? It's, it's just as safe as going to a doctor's office. And there you were. There were only a few on the market earlier this year. There are multiple options of getting online access to physicians and online access to prep. And it's you get the same medication. You have access to a physician or a healthcare provider if you have questions. And you have options in terms of how, how do you get your HIV test done? How do you get your STI testing done? Some of them, they will mail a kit to your house and you do your own, uh, not necessarily a blood draw, you do a finger stick and you do what we call blood spots. You do your own you know, blood draw if you're comfortable doing that. You do your own throat and rectal swabs. And for me in my practice, even when patients come to see me in person, you know, early on, I used to perform their oral and rectal swabs for them. But the University of Washington has a great uh, graphic that actually shows patients how to obtain their own oral and rectal swabs. So again, allowing patients to be empowered and part of the healthcare, part of their own healthcare, you can do your own throat and rectal swabs for STIs. You do your finger prick for your blood draw. You send it off to the mail. It goes to the lab. The lab processes it. Results get sent to a doctor. The doctor reviews it, sends you an update saying we reviewed your labs and your prescription is in the mail. 
Come on. So once again, options. You have options to empower yourself and protect yourself um, with PrEP. Again, I'm live here with Dr. Q. So before we get out of here, are there any other questions? Drop them in the chat. Um, while we have them here, things that you want to know. Um, I also want to encourage people as well, again, to check us out on YouTube.com uh, forward slash CNPTV, as well our own tribe member. Uh, Johnny had his experience with Prep by Mail on there, so you can get another insight into that as well, uh, the cross-reference um, there. I just want to check in uh, with you as well with any other updates, anything else going on with Prep that we need to know about. I think there's always something going on with PrEP. No, I think, you know, you know, it, back in 2012, we really opened the doors in terms of having these conversations about HIV prevention. So we have, you know, oral PrEP with Truvada. We had generic Truvada. We have oral PrEP with Descovy. We're looking at um, injectable PrEP, which is looking really good. You know, we may see that, that sooner than later. And then there's a whole host of other options. They're looking at what we call microbicides, you know, putting HIV prevention medication into lube, putting HIV medication into films, you know, that you would insert into your rectum. You know, there are so many other options. Implants, you know, one drug company was looking at prep implants where you just put a little piece of plastic in your arm and it lasts for a month or two months or however, and it consistently releases medication. So there are a whole bunch of things um, in the pipeline for prevention. I think we're going to continue to look at new and improved ways of um, HIV prevention. I'm so very excited about it. Well, I, again, thank you so much for being here to have this conversation. It's thank always a pleasure me. when I get to see your face here, Dr. Q. Um, as well, like I said earlier, everyone, make sure you check us out on facebook.com forward slash CMP tribe. Like, tell a friend, tell a friend. We'll be back again next week with part two of our prep series. We're doing a prep roundtable, um, talking with people on prep, their experiences. That way you can hear it firsthand from people that are um, on prep as well. If you didn't want to ask questions, make sure you join us next week. Um, as well, at the top, we had a video about our prep life series. So check that out as well. I thank you all so much for joining us here. Facebook Live with Dr. Q. Any final words that you want to tell the people before we get out of here? Things that they should know. Say, uh, one from, from a prep perspective, prep is available. You know, a lot of times people talk about access and you know not having insurance or not being engaged in healthcare. There are again, to your point, there are so many options, and there are options for free prep as well, whether it's from you know uh, the health department offers free prep here in Metro Atlanta. Grady Memorial Hospital just started their PrEP program. You know, public health institutions um, have access to PrEP. The government actually offered to, you know, there's a program called Ready, Set, PrEP, where you can actually get access to the medication for free. So again, like free. if you're interested in HIV prevention and decreasing your risk, you have tons of options to get PrEP, whether you have insurance or not. So if you're concerned about your risk for HIV, find someone to talk to or even ask us here at CMP about where can I go to get prep? So we can uh, go ahead and give you the right information. Thank you again so much, Dr. Q. Please be safe. We need you here for all the incredible work that you do. And everyone else out there, please be safe. Wash your hands, wear your mask. 
please take precautions. You have options and be empowered. Until we see you here again next week, thank you all so much for joining us here on Revolutionary Health, and we'll see you again.